Good morning, everyone. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Got an interview. Actually, it's more like a conversation. It's an old friend. Uh, She's been a guest on the show a few times. Her name's Kim Wiley. We grew up together. She's interesting. She has a very interesting and solid perspective. She's uh, the people's champ. (laughs) So check it out. You know what's bothering me right this second, though? What? Equal pay. Why is this even still an issue? Why don't we make the same money? Well, that's a great question. And I know for a fact that I make less and made less than all of my male counterparts that had the same job title. Men negotiate differently going in. And I think the starting point has a lot to do with what you get as a whole. I agree with that. I was totally unaware that I could negotiate a signing bonus. Are you serious? (laughs) I'm an IT person who I do like mid-level professional things. So I read a book about negotiating and had one of my coworkers tell me that when he got hired, he said he got a signing bonus. I said, but like my my mouth dropped. I I, I was like a signing bonus, right? Ball player, what the huh? But here I hear what you're saying, and and I agree with that assessment. That's true. I've I've been having a lot of conversations with um, women in my life that I work with that are younger than me, and I wish I had had somebody coaching me to ask for more money or do things to get more money. Um, get another job I guess is the main thing um but it's weird too because it almost it's almost like it never occurs to some of these male uh administrators or people in charge to even offer you the same amount of money if to me you know we talk about institutionalized racism well there's also institutionalized sexism Mm -hmm. and the fact that we even have to have this conversation is ridiculous because look at the sheer number of people you know who are head of household that are women. Exactly. So that whole nonsense argument like, well, they got to be able to provide for the family. Well, you know, a lot of these dudes ain't even providing for their the families they do have. Well, you remember Oprah's story about her first job. Uh-uh. She basically said that when she told the gentleman, you know, I'm making less money than the man that's doing this job. And he says, well, why should you make any more money? He has a family. He has a wife, children, a house mortgage. Do you have any of that? And she was like, well, no, I don't, but I'm doing the same job. He says, well, you don't need what he needs. See, that's ridiculous. You know, and and that's the story that Oprah actually told about one of her very first job positions. And she said she decided at that point she would not be in the position to have to ask people for more money. Well, and I also think just in our nature, most women don't ask for the higher salary. You know, you kind of always feel like, well, you know, if you're giving me the job, I don't want to break the bank or nothing. So 
And that, that is true. And I will say that that was my, my mindset going into my current uh, job. But my previous position, I credit a friend of mine for helping me out because what I was about to ask for was at least 20000 less mm. than what she made me ask for. And when I asked for the amount she told me to ask for, you know what, something just hit me. What? Maybe we don't think we're valuable enough. Maybe we I'm guessing that's that. part of it. Maybe oh, we don't, yeah. Because I'm going to say that I felt like when my friend told me, no, you asked for this amount. I asked for it, and they said, okay, well, when can you start? And I, when I say I was blown back, because I didn't think anybody would give me that amount. I didn't think I'd get that amount of money. And maybe it was because subconsciously I didn't feel like I was valuable enough or I was good enough to get that amount of money. And I think some employers exploit that. They know that women aren't going to ask for more. Or people, I've, I've even known men to do this, but, Certainly, like, new people into the workplace, they mm-hmm. agree to a salary. It's the most they've ever had. So they're cool, even though it's not really market value. And I think people just – we may just live in a society where people just get exploited all the time. I think uh, people get exploited on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Because I – In general, I think that's just what happens. And they exploit your ignorance about things and just just push their agenda or push their salary or whatever it is off on you. And it's sort of like you you may not even really be aware of what's happening. And, and in most workplaces, people don't know your salary and no one talks about it. But in public, you know, places where like, you know, school systems, where your stuff gets published in the paper, mm-hmm. um, that's when it's a really unique situation because everybody can find out how much you make. And um, it's a corporate to me, it, issue to post. Uh, I mean, it's a corporate issue to even discuss your pay. Sure. Yeah. yeah that, but that's why it's weird. So, like, I can go in the paper and see that the superintendent of the worst school district in the metro makes almost as much as the superintendent of the best school district in the metro. And the, you know, to me, what the repercussions of that could or should be. I mean, that could never fly in corporate America. If your company's nose diving, you shouldn't be making the same uh, bonus that the, uh, you know, top of the Forbes list is making. So I don't know, and I know I'm getting off topic a little bit. It's just I don't understand how we can get to 2019 and be still having some of the same conversations and for me equal pay is just one of them I, I i really completely do not understand how a man could sit across from a woman now and be like yeah i just don't see how you could be worth the additional twenty thousand. but you know why it's not as much of a conversation as it had been in years past because of what i just said uh, because now corporate america tells you that that's a violation to talk about your salary with a co-worker and if you get mm-hmm. caught doing that and anybody knows, you can get terminated. So now people are not going to do it. They're not going to talk about it because they need their jobs. And you can well, and also or assume what somebody is making in corporate America. Also, I, to your earlier point, I think women don't feel they're worth it, especially women who, who leave the workplace 
or take any time off to have kids. Yeah, um, definitely that. And they feel like their skill set has changed and they weren't able to keep up. And so they will take a less salary, a lesser salary, because they don't feel like they are. And I think that gets exploited. Well, okay, you, you know, no man runs out the workplace, but I got to get my kids. Right. Right. Well, I'll tell you when I took less. I took less because um, after my, you know, the contract that I was working on came to an end and I wasn't working, it was just you don't want to spend too much time out of the workforce because that starts to look questionable too. So, you know, I was offered a position and customarily where I work now, it's not really a high-paying situation, not really, um, unless you come in, again, with the right negotiation or knowing the right people. So I made sure that as best as I thought I could do, I was trying to do that. And I think sometimes what happens as well is that you, you may ask for a certain amount and they'll counter you, but sometimes they make you feel like, you know, no, you're not going to get that regardless. So. You know, you'll right. take it just because you don't want to be, you know, some money is better than no money any day of the week. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm in the position that I'm in because I lost a, a a client that promised to be, I mean, it was a nice amount of money, but it promised to be bigger. That was the whole point. Like, we're going to grow together. You, you know, we're going to utilize your services and, you know, expand. And then they decided to do the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of, I need a paycheck. I'm tired of beating the bushes for clients. I don't know if that's something I'm great at. This job's open. And, you know, that I wound up in an office, which worked for me uh, for now. Yeah, for that time frame. But, you know, of course, I want to get back to being an entrepreneur. That was always the plan. But, yeah, you do what you have to do to get some paychecks. And, yeah. um, but I think routinely women are underpaid. So if you if you spend your whole working years, let's say you work 40, 50 years, and you spend your whole working career making less than, you know, what you should be making, I mean, you're putting yourself at a deficit. Basically, I feel like women have been infantilized in the workplace because it's always secondary to your husband and having kids. Like men don't have to choose. I have this conversation all the time with, with my millennial coworkers. It's like there's a man right now in this office who didn't have to choose. They wanted to get married. They got married. They wanted to have three or four kids. They had three or four kids. Um, They want to move up and work long hours. They do that, you know, but women have to choose. You have to choose between your career and a family. And women you can have both, that but you're not going to be the VP. Well, women usually have to choose that in a lot of situations. And I know this is going to off topic for a second, but just kind of. Even in <laughs> situations like I play an extracurricular sport, like a recreational sport. Well, every woman that plays this sport brings her kid with her or kids with her. And they play and all that stuff. The men that play say, softball or something like that, you never see them with the kids, and they stay in the park all day long and, you know, 
One of the guys even said, well, it's a good thing that every kid has a mother <laughs> because I don't know where kids would be if they had to depend on their fathers. I mean, I'm watching this show on Netflix, uh, Glow. It's, it's sort of a reimagined chronicling of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, which we mm-hmm. would remember. Right. And uh, it's it's fun. I don't believe this is biographical in any way, but it's really right. a fun walk back through the 80s and the clothes and the, the choices that they're mm-hmm. making. It's pretty funny. And and one uh, character just said in, new, in the new season, like, I hate men. I'm sick of men because of the way they get to be. And I've said some version of that for the last couple of years. It's like I've been that girl of the the guy's girl. I'm the female uh I'm the male apologist. Oh, they're great. Don't worry. He's just trying to you know, I've always seen their side, but you know, in the last few years I've just looked around like this world that they've crafted, it just sort of shits on women. And it's and, for them. like you said, they've crafted it for themselves. Yeah, and in what universe can a woman ever imagine earning the same amount of money a man can earn from catching a football? You know, there's no female league that plays to that that pays to that extent. There's no, and basically what it is is you're paying. They get paid that based off the attention of other men. So, a man decided that another man who can throw a football ninety yards should make X amount of dollars because millions of other men want to be able to do that. They can't, so they watch other men do it. And so you're paying, you're getting paid uh, based off of how many men want to watch you and beat you, essentially. And it's like, (laughs) what in the world? I said that poorly, but it's basically men paying other men to do things they don't know how to do or can't do. Well, look, they like just like the WNBA. So we tried to put an equal scenario together for women. So well, men don't watch it. Men will not watch it. They think it's, oh, and they're cute, those girls running up and down the floor. No, uh, no disrespect. I'm not trying to be controversial, but a lot of them look like, you know, they're they're butchier women. They're not some of, even the, and I'm not saying they're all lesbians or anything, but there are a lot of lesbians in that league, and it's, they're real lesbians. They're not like porno lesbians. <laughs> they Men don't particularly want to look at that. They don't want to look at a, a non-traditional-looking female who can... What about the lingerie football league? Who can spot a th- uh, stop and shoot a three. Uh, I don't know if that's successful or not. I would you imagine somebody watching this, but... What would be the reason that that didn't become successful? Because you have women. Because it would be different if it was, i tell you what would have made it successful. I don't know if it still exists or not. But if they, if it was porn, people would have watched it. But they don't want to watch you bastardize something they love like football. Some of these girls were good. Like they were good. But you got to understand. And, and here I am speaking as if I understand the male psyche. But I'm guessing, uh, a good lingerie female football player is still not going to be in the Hall of Fame or Tom Brady or Brett Favre or Michael Irvin. You know what I mean? Like Once again, because they made the criteria and what everything is just. I agree. But I'm also a football fan, so it's a real football. I like the NFL. I And, and even I go back and forth because they – pretty much obviously hate St. Louis. You just rape us with teams every 20 years, but 
I mean, I just, uh, I, I can, I think men want women in a, in their place and it, it's not popular to say it, but a lot of men, it may not be the kitchen in a bathroom, but they, they don't necessarily want to see you, you know, playing football or basketball. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a, the reason why those leagues are more successful is because men don't, men don't watch them on mass the way they watch football. I mean, and part of this kept, I think baseball is struggling for viewers. They have a core group of people, but I also think they're largely Latino because of the, how it, how many Latino players are actually in the league now. You know, when I, when we were growing up, it was, it was more black players playing. Now you don't hardly see any. True. I don't and know. And I, I don't get hockey. I mean, I like hockey in person, but as long as there are no black people playing that on my, so I'm not seeing how that'll be a sustainable long-term top three sport. I don't know that it could be. <laughs> you need people of color, not just black people, ethnic people. You know, people need to yeah. want to yeah. play hockey. I don't know that, that that's the case, but I know we've gotten way off of equal pay, but a, a part of the reason why and WNBA doesn't get equal pay to NBA players is because men don't watch it. Nobody really watches it. I uh, I don't watch much NBA anymore, but I used to watch a lot of it, and I never really wanted to watch WNBA. Here's a question. Here's a question. Women's sports are huge in other countries. Um, like basketball is real big in Europe. They love watching women play sports, but we're so different here in the United States. Well, I also, I mean, I think there's cultural things like our obsession with guns. That doesn't translate internationally. Um, our obsession with, uh, I mean, you and I don't agree with the, on this topic, but I, the whole marginalization to me of black people through hip-hop, I don't understand that even though people buy that music internationally, they're not connected to any of the struggle that may come with it. It just is, they like the beats. Exactly. They like the, the yeah. rapper. Yeah, they like the particular rapper. But Everybody, they don't have to live in a neighborhood with a kid who's walking around pretending he's that and terrorizing everybody. Um, so, I don't know. A lot of our shit doesn't translate internationally. It really doesn't. Yeah, A lot of our shit is just our shit. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I think culturally America is just kind of a unique because we're blending so many different things, other cultures, different ethnicities, um, class, which I happen to think is a big deal. Um, It's a much bigger deal than, to me, race, even though I know our history of race is pretty pronounced, but class. I think really blows people away because in America, the American dream is you're supposed to be able to work hard, uh, save your money, buy a house, but you know, be in the American dream. You're never supposed, you can't change your race, but you should be able to change your class. So since people are getting hit to the fact that they can't change their class either, then people just throw, throw the race card back out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, is it that yeah. they can't change their class or they can't ch- they can't change it without significant work? I feel like there's probably, a, well, to our conversation earlier, I think people don't want to work that hard. 
to change their class. You, I mean, in order to go from a working class person, I think, to a comfortable upper middle class person where your money works for you, I mean, you need to probably be a little bit lucky and to mount a Herculean effort, um, which I feel okay with. I like working hard. I only want more money so I can work harder in a in a more um, – I just want to work harder. That's, that's my problem. And you absolutely don't want to work harder. I want to work so that the work that I do is going to uh, amass me a good amount. So I want things that, again, that, that's probably for me my motivation for looking for rental properties or uh, like apartment buildings and stuff. I want some things that even if I'm not doing anything, they're going to bring me in something. I, I, well, I mean, I agree with that. I want to work harder because of my the type of work that I do, not so much. Um, well, no, Judy, I think. I think you have uh, a really it, – it can be really fun, I think. And maybe I'm just looking at one aspect of it. But I've always thought that what you do is pretty pretty fun and pretty, uh, you know, it's definitely yeah. sure, but it just seems like it's more rewarding and more fun when you when you do it and you have something, a project that's successful. Well, yeah, it's media. And I like media, and I like telling stories. It's so much about it that I enjoy. Yeah, um, and that's what I'm saying. It seems like for maybe just for you, <laughs> like it's, you like you do something that is is fun because that's something you you have a passion for. Right, and hopefully all that will translate into dollars and cents one day. But you know, I I know that I had to go through all this to become the person that could mount this kind of campaign. But to the argument. Saying all that, a lot of people don't want to work this hard. They want to get married, have kids. That that whole thing is exhausting. Why try to build a business? I mean, there- I've never wanted anybody to take care of me. I really haven't. Even when I, you know, said I thought marriage was in the cards for me. I mean, it's not that I don't think it is, but I never wanted to get married so that I could just sit back and have somebody take care of me. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, married so that I, I never have, wanted that either. I, I wanted to get married so I could have, like, maybe a partner in crime. You know what I'm saying? I don't want anybody to take care of me or boss me around. Because when you take care of me, that means you get to boss me around. And I'm, I don't really care for that. So <laughs> I've never been a good candidate for uh, just telling me what to do. So, yeah, I get it. I'm not bossing around either, really. Correct. All right. Well, you know, this was a good one. We're at 26 minutes. I'm I'm probably going to have to edit it down um, because of the microphone issues, but this was fun. And I look forward to, uh, you know, maybe having you on more regularly. So, because I think the podcast benefits from guests and having different perspectives. And I feel like a big calling for me right now is to talk to younger women and be like, hey, the next 15 years, you might want to do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Because honestly, if I knew some of the things that I know yeah. now, yeah. if I knew some of those things, like in my 30s, some of the stuff it would have been so doing, helpful. Oh, I, instead of like maybe squandering certain monies and not really, you know, 
not handling my my for real business. And when I say my business, I mean like handling my personal business on the level that I should have. Had I known some of those things, I probably would have done some things differently. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a good chunk of of this podcast has kind of turned into, you know, hey young world to the to the ladies. <laughs> Mentoring. Like, yeah. hey, you know, and and I do that in my real life, like at work, you know, a very very. Let's see, most of the people I talk to on a regular basis at work are in their thirties, mid thirties, and it's like, okay, I'm not trying to be the grouchy old woman or the old lady that tells you what to do all the time, but you might want to. Here's some things for your consideration. Yeah. I think what's good about it though is we're not old acting individuals. Now, true enough, I don't act like I'm 20, but we still can relate because we remember those times and we still have youthful spirits. Not like we're super old anyway, but we still Correct. are youthful. You know, we still have youthful spirits, and we can relate to what some of these women are going through or what they have been through, whatever, because it was once upon a time, not very long ago, us. Yeah, and I still very much remember. I mean, we're talking like still, you know, the 2000s. <laughs> not like it was forever ago, but I really would have benefited from a certain type of advice yeah, at that age.
So let's break it down all the way to the ground till the crater found from the rubble in the trouble house. So let's break it down all the way to the ground till the crater found from the rubble in the trouble house. It's getting hot in here. You done sweated out your head. This crowd is getting kind of weird. Girl, let's get up out of here. Racing down Broadway till we get back to my hotel. Oh, yeah, making out jawbreak. Netflix and chill. Yeah, I love your sex appeal. But fucking on the first night really kind of wrecks the deal. Ain't looking for a hoe. Ain't looking for a slut. Ain't looking for a show. Ain't looking for a nut. I'm looking for a classic lady old fashioned like the 80s baby making dirty dancing Patrick Tracy. So let's get a little crazy faded. Maybe till Sunday morning coming. We feeling lazy all daily. I'm into you like laces in your tennis shoes. So don't be skeptical or even cynical. So let's take it to the heavens, to the pinnacle. Let's take it to forever, baby. Just me and you. So let's break it down all the way to the ground till the crater found from the rubble in the trouble house. So let's break it down all the way to the ground till the crater found from the rubble in the trouble house. It feels like trouble in this house.